When I was an army chaplain, my soldiers asked me all kinds of questions about God, life, relationships, the Bible, and I answered them as best I could. They also called me Padre. Welcome to the Dear Padre podcast. And today, um, getting into some really intense discussions about socially acceptable Jesus, who has some great teachings, and I'm referring to Elon Musk's quote that he likes the teachings of Jesus. And then the work of atonement that Jesus does which is a lot more, um, hmm, well, I'll let you decide for yourself. And at the very end, the last moment of this podcast, there is a special visitor that jumped on my screen and keyboard. And, uh, well, you'll, you'll get that at the very end. Peace. This argument that the author of Hebrews is making, he's building his case. We're going to catch it along the way, day by day as it unfolds. But it is all about who Jesus is and what Jesus did when he was here on the earth. Uh, This week, last week, a very famous billionaire said that he likes all the teachings of Jesus. Um, And that's been sort of the standard Western American secular way to approach Christianity. I love all the teachings of Jesus. I mean, who really can argue with most of Jesus' teachings? They're all pretty good. Um, Love your neighbor as yourself. Share what you have. Uh, Don't kick your dog. Don't beat anybody up. Uh, You know, sort of, uh, Jesus didn't say that. But, um, you know, basically be nice and be kind, and those sorts of messages, which we want that, uh, to share that in our culture and society. Most people would prefer their neighbor to, to be non-religious, but ethical in their dealings, than really religious, really Christian, and share the same faith, and be very unethical in their practices. Most of us would prefer that. But this uh, line that, I love all the teachings of Jesus, is a standard one that has been used in the age of secularism that we live in. And it's true. Jesus has a lot of really good teachings. But there's another thing that Jesus did when he was here, and that was go to his crucifixion willingly. And this is the hard part to wrap our minds around, that Jesus' crucifixion was part of God's plan, part of his plan, Part of something he talked about a lot before it happened, something that he willingly offered up his life for and with. And that is the hard part to wrap our minds around if we just want the teaching Jesus uh, with the good teachings. We get a different Jesus when we think about his work on the cross, his work of death and resurrection, because this is the work of atonement. Atonement is a really weird, weird word used here in this gospel, in this book of Hebrews. Um, it is the word, uh, it's actually um, a word that literally means, or the origin of the word, the etymology of this word is at one mint. And that's not just something a Sunday school teacher came up with. That's actually the etymology of the word atonement. At one mint, to make something one, to make two things one or many things one 
that were scattered before. It's a very strange, we rarely do, in English do we have words like that. Um, and the, the Greek word used here is the word mercy seat, the word for, for the mercy seat. That is the word, the place on the Ark of the Covenant where the high priest would offer the blood of the sacrifice for the unintentional sins of the people, sort of the cover all the, the sins of the people that um, were not accounted for. And ultimately to show that no matter how scrupulous we are about our own lives or about the things we've done wrong, there's always more. There's always more. Um, just ask somebody else sometimes about some of the things that um, you have fallen short in. Uh, other people can sometimes fill in those gaps better than we can. But a life of scrupulosity where we're constantly uh, feeling bad about ourselves for not measuring up to some standard, whether it's like God's standard or our own standard or a parent's standard or whatever standard's been put upon us, will always come up short. This is what it means to be human. And rather than despairing, um, we look to Jesus, who offered himself as a sacrifice of at-one-ment on the mercy seat of God for the sins of the people, the writer of Hebrews says. Um, that this is, and he can do this because he is our high priest. He's a high priest that, is, that comes from among us, comes from humanity, doesn't come uh, just from outer space or from the throne room of God, but ultimately comes from us. He is born the way we are born. He, is, he lives the way we live. He dies the way we die. And ultimately... He rises from the dead the way we will rise from the dead. And this is why he can be our high priest. A priest is someone who stands between. Uh, this is what Jesus is for us. Uh, the, the, he is a priest in the order of Melchizedek, as the writer of Hebrews is about to go into. We're not there yet. But ultimately, he is one of us. And that's what makes him a merciful and faithful high priest. So when he offers his own blood in that heavenly sanctuary, on that heavenly mercy seat, he is offering that blood on our behalf. And this is the part of Jesus that doesn't quite fit in the nice teacher Jesus, the ethical teacher Jesus. Ultimately, if Jesus is offering himself as a sacrifice of atonement, as the Lamb of God for our sins, we have to own up to being sinners. We have to say, yeah, there's something wrong with humanity. No matter how educated we get, how smart we get, how scientific we get, no matter how we change laws, or there's always something that there's always something that turns out not the way we wanted it to go. There's many movies and shows and books written about this and fiction that show you can create the perfect society. Uh, probably M. Night Shyamalan's. Uh, the Village is probably, the, it's an old movie now, I know. But this perfect community that they've built to where everybody is equal and everybody functions properly and perfectly and has beautiful relationships with each other, with nature. But there's something that starts happening in The Village, and it's actually a horror movie. Of course, because you, you can build a world for yourself that is perfect, um, and you'll find that humanity has a way of changing that perfection. Always. The, the uh, Thomas More wrote the book Utopia. We still talk about utopias. There's a festival here in Texas 
called Utopia Fest, which is supposed to um, provide a different way of doing economics, um, a different way of, of, of relating to people. It's a folk fest. And if you've ever been to a folk fest, you know how wonderful they are. They're not usually subject to all the economic rules of capitalism and the ways that we compete with each other. And there's a sharing of life and, and love and everything's really good. But even in those places, even at Utopia Fest, there's human beings and things happen. Utopia in Thomas More's book means no place. In, you know, it just means no place. Um, this doesn't exist. That's what a utopia is. So all of our strivings of this, and in secular society, um, and progressive secular society especially, we do dream that we can attain perfection in this world. If we just get people smart enough, and educated enough, and scientific enough. And yet, the story of Christianity and the story of Jesus show that even then, even in our, in our, in our quest for perfection, we still need an, an atoning sacrifice. We still need Jesus. And we still need our cats to keep us humble. Amen.